But we begin today with breaking news. Uh, late today, the Public Health Agency of Canada has confirmed that two individuals in Quebec have tested positive for monkeypox. Um, now, confirmed and suspected cases of the rare infectious disease are suddenly turning up in some pretty unexpected places. This is not a disease that is known to exist outside of parts of Africa. European and American health authorities have identified a number of cases this week. Public health authorities in Montreal had been investigating 17 suspected cases as concern grows over the spread of the virus. Uh, earlier today, Dr. Mylène Duré told reporters that based on recent outbreaks in Europe and a case reported in the U.S. and travel ties to Montreal, there was a strong possibility the infections in that city involved the virus linked to monkeypox. The investigation is going on. I think we're going to put the protective measures in place to cut the chain of transmission. But we do not have to panic at the time we're speaking. Now, along with the two cases now identified in Canada, others limited have been identified in other regions of the past, including the UK, the US, Israel, Singapore, uh, but never before here. Uh, and it's not quite clear exactly what the link is uh, in these cases. Well, with much more on this, I'm joined by Dr. Donald Vinn. He's an infectious disease physician and microbiologist at McGill's University Health Centre. Thanks so much for your time tonight. Hi, Ben. How are you? Uh, great. Thank you for joining me, especially uh, just after we learned that, in fact, um, the Public Health Agency of Canada had confirmed two cases. So what does that mean and, and, and how concerned should we be? Yeah, so that's the, the, the news hot off the case. Uh, up until an hour ago, we had 17 suspected cases, including one actually at our center. And uh, within the last hour, we had found out that two out of those 17 are actually confirmed the monkeypox. Uh, so this is uh, obviously concerning because, uh, one, monkeypox is an unfamiliar disease to North Americans. And that's not just to, patient, uh, to the population, that's also to the healthcare professionals. Um, and, of course, what we have to do now is uh, try to figure out the extent uh, of, of, this cluster, of these clusters of cases. Are, are the other 15 um, also going to be positive? And, of course, if so, what, what, what are the sort of, you know, the repercussions in terms of, of community transmission? So, so there's a few things that we have to, we have to sort of now uh, roll up our sleeves and work on as we now have these confirmed cases. This is a very, it's very rare to see this uh, spreading, isn't it, outside of where, I mean, it's known to be present in one area, or a few areas, but it's very rare for it to spread. Where is it usually found and, and, and how rare is it for, for it to be spreading like this? Yeah, so it is exquisitely rare um, in, in the Western world. So uh, monkeypox is caused, obviously, by the monkeypox virus. Uh, the, the virus is actually a cousin of the smallpox virus, which we, we know we eradicated uh, around 1980. Um, monkeypox virus is actually uh, endemic, or what we call, uh, you know, sort of homegrown, if you will, in certain parts of Africa. Um, but in, it, it's, it's essentially unheard of, really, in Europe and North America, except for or, you know, some sporadic cases here and there. In, in North America, the last time we actually had a cluster of cases was in 2003, so 20 years ago. So you can imagine how uncommon it is. Uh, and now that we're seeing at least two confirmed cases here in Canada, this, this is, you know, we have to have our guards up here. What are the symptoms and is there a treatment? So, you know, monkeypox, uh, despite the name uh, monkey in there, is actually not fr from 
transmitted from monkeys. Uh, the reservoir, the natural reservoir for, for this virus, seems to be uh, rodents. Uh, in Africa, for example, certain types of rodents like the Gambian rats and other types of, uh, of other rodents uh, local to that area. What we've also seen, at least in the 2003 uh, outbreak in the United States, was that it can also be transmitted to, to prairie dogs. And then what happens when an infected animal is exposed uh, to, to a human is that the human can then contract it. Um, you can either contract it because of contact, direct contact, skin-to-skin or skin-to-animal you know, surface contact, but you can also get it from you know, a respiratory secretion. So what happens is that you can get infected, uh, and then you get two phases. You get the first phase, which looks something like the flu, where you have fever, you have sore throat, you have cough. Of course, that can also look like COVID these days. And then um, in the second phase, you start developing this rash. Now, if we remember the smallpox pictures, you know, of a long time ago, you had of these course, sort yeah. of big, big bumps and, 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 and what we essentially call pox, which are these little yeah. bumps all over the skin, right? And that's what mm-hmm. you would actually see with smallpox as well. And with monkeypox as well? You see some of that? Yeah, sorry. You see that also with monkeypox. And so because right. of that, you see that with monkeypox, that's why the two uh, the smallpox and monkeypox are, are in the same family. They cause very similar diseases. Is it treatable? No. So unfortunately, hmm. monkeypox, there are no actual licensed medications that effectively treat monkeypox. So the way you're going to get uh, you know, a, a cluster of monkeypox, uh, out, sorry, an outbreak of monkeypox under control is you're going to have to put mitigation measures in place. You're going to have to isolate people who are confirmed to be positive. You're going to have to do very aggressive contact tracing, and you're going to have to do education of those people and isolation of those people. And you're also going to have to consider, at least in some places like in Europe that they're doing right now, is you do small smallpox vaccination because you know smallpox vaccine was effective to, to actually eradicate smallpox but it actually gave you cross protection to the order of about 85 percent against monkeypox the problem of course in canada is that in 1980 and onwards we stopped using um, smallpox as a routine vaccination so so most of the modern population or the the current population are actually you know not protected from any of the poxes except for maybe chickenpox but so all that to say is that we would use the smallpox vaccine um, in sort of a ring vaccination campaign around those cases that are confirmed positive uh, in terms of their, con- uh, you know, their close contacts to try and mitigate them developing uh, monkeypox and them propagating monkeypox. Uh, Dr. Vin, do we have any idea of, of how this is spreading? Have we been able to figure out where, where this is coming from? Well, there are some what we call epidemiological links. In other words, some of the cases that are confirmed positive, um, they know each other through a few degrees of separation, if you will. Uh, And some of these, so so far, all of the cases that have been uh, so far confirmed have been in young men. It turns out that at least some of the young men, um, you know, attended um, a, a, a common social activity, uh, for example, the one in Boston and the, the, the ones in Montreal were involved in, in a, at a common activity uh, that, that, uh, that, that allowed for direct uh, intimate contact between some of the participants. And so that probably uh, is one of the factors that's contributing to the spread. But, but interestingly, none of the cases so far seem to be directly linked to you know, um, parts of Africa where you can find monkeypox, nor are they obviously related to any animals that have been infected with monkeypox. So the origin, again, remains a bit uh, enigmatic. And I guess there would then be concern that it has already spread more than we know. Unfortunately, yes. It can sp- 
so the, the spread may have occurred not just within uh, these people who attended this social activity, uh, but because that social activity may have occurred sometime in the last uh, three or four weeks or so, well, you can imagine that in the interim, uh, they, they may have perhaps, uh, you know, exposed uh, other people uh, primarily through direct contact. Um, there is also the potential for what we call respiratory transmission, which we're familiar about with COVID, through both droplets and, and aerosols. And so it's possible that in that phase where they were between having a fever and developing a rash, they may have actually, you know, uh, transmitted through not just through direct contact, but through aerosols uh, to, to, to other people. And so that, of course, is a big concern because what we know is that that can, you know, accelerate transmission in the community as we saw with COVID. I'm speaking with Dr. Donald Vinn. He's an infectious disease physician and microbiologist at McGill University's, McGill University's Health Centre in Montreal. Uh, the first two confirmed cases in Canadian history tonight of monkeypox, uh, the Public Health Agency of Canada confirming that. Uh, earlier in the day, Montreal health authorities had confirmed that there were 17 under investigation. We now know two of those are positive. Talking to Dr. Vinn about what that means. Certainly they're trying now to uh, trace back where those uh, different cases have come from. Who else may have been exposed. And uh, as he said, uh, the time is now to roll up the sleeves and figure out what's happening here. Um, when we come back, we'll talk just a bit more about, about how the rest of us should be concerned, whether we should be concerned about this. Certainly, uh, you know, the population in general always at heightened alert uh, following the pandemic or during the pandemic. Uh, and we'll talk about that after this. I'm speaking with uh, Dr. Donald Vinn, a microbiologist at McGill University's Health Centre, about uh, two confirmed cases of monkeypox we learned just in the last hour from the Public Health Agency of Canada that we've had the first two ever confirmed cases of monkeypox in this country. Also, Quebec authorities now reporting a total of 20 suspected cases. I'm not sure if that includes uh, the two or not, but certainly the number is rising. Uh, Dr. Vinn, how concerned should we be here? Well, it is very concerning. Right? First of all, when you're talking about the first ever case of something, that's never a good, that's never good news in, in, in medicine when you're those first few cases. Uh, but the other thing, of course, is that the, the reason we're seeing about 17 or now only 20 suspected cases, two of which are confirmed, all happening now is because they're starting to manifest now if we can trace it back to that, that, that common social activity that we were talking about earlier before. Right. They are now in the phases where they have sort of passed uh, the, the fever stage and now they're in the rash stage and that that means that in the last few weeks during this time they may have exposed or infected other people so what we're seeing now may be the start of a wave um, just, I mean, this has been reported widely that it has been tied, and certainly we don't want to cast any aspersions. We know how difficult it is when, when it comes to these sorts of outbreaks to, to, to point, point one group of people, but it's mainly tied uh, to men who've had sexual relations with other men, I understand. Uh, what should the general public know about this? I mean, how, how much of a risk is there uh, to the public at large right now? Uh, so you are right that the, the, this uh, common social activity that seems to perhaps be sort of the nidus for, for, for some of the cases that we're talking about now uh, are in young men who have uh, sex with men. Uh, but of course, uh, it could also occur between men and women. So that so the, right. the men versus men or men versus women is sort of irrelevant. It can also right. occur between humans and animals who are in contact with each other. So the actual right. mode of transmission is perhaps irrelevant. The social activity right. is irrelevant. The point is that there is transmission that's, a going, that's ongoing. Mm -hmm. for what seems to be an otherwise rare or 
essentially unheard of virus uh, in Canada. And now that means we, are, we have to be vigilant. So that means that right. if people were participating in that social activity, well, they're considered mm-hmm. high risk. They need to be educated as to what to do, uh, what to monitor for. They need to isolate themselves. They need to avoid, uh, you know, contact with, with, with people until their incubation period is finished and we determine whether or not, you know, they are infected or not. Uh, other people, however, if, if you're, you're not in, in any contact with, with such people who are participating in those activities, um, this is not the time to panic, right? This is right. not the time to say, I'm going to start hoarding toilet papers or avoiding uh, walking next to people in grocery stores. Again, right. we're talking about a very discreet event and at the start of a way that involved very discre- the involvement of very discreet people who were participating in activities. Mm-hmm. But but uh, so for the time being, because I know this point has been made very clearly by health officials where you are in Montreal uh, today, because the 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 cases, suspected cases, now the two confirmed cases were there. That really this is not time to curb your normal activities. There is no uh, great threat to the to the population at large. Uh, but certainly, uh, I mean, what do you do now? What what is job number one uh, for you over the next uh, over the next forty eight seventy two hours? Uh, unfortunately, there are several tasks that fall under job number one. First, for the cases that are suspected uh, and undergoing investigations, we, ha- we are awaiting f- uh, f- for the diagnostic test results. Those tests are so specialized that they actually have to be done at the National Microbiology Laboratory in Winnipeg. Um, in, our, in the case of our suspected case, uh, we anticipate the result will be tomorrow. So all of us in the, in the medical profession are doing the follow-up of the suspected cases. We also have to educate our colleagues about what to look out for, right? Because uh, people who, who who may develop the symptoms can present to any uh, medical professional, so they need to be aware of necessarily what to watch out for, right? the, the healthcare professionals and, and the patients themselves. And we also have to work with public health policy uh, policymakers to come up with, with, with rational, uh, safe public health measures, which would necessarily mean having the suspected cases isolated. So while we do that, that those are all the tasks that fall under job number one. Well, that's a lot of job number ones, Dr. Trin, Dr. Dr. Vin, rather. Um, I'll leave the last word to you. Just what would you like the public to know, listeners to know about, about this? Uh, you know, what do you think they should know first and foremost? Well, I think that there's two level, two layers here uh, uh, of, of knowledge, right? There's what the medical and scientific community has to follow up in terms of knowledge. And from that perspective, well, that's a bit concerning because, as you said, it's a very, it's a it's a rare infection, and we have to get ourselves quite familiar with it at a relatively fast pace. On the other hand, there's the public, uh, and the public doesn't necessarily have to deal with the same concerns that we have to in the medical or scientific profession. And so, for those reasons, I think there's two levels of concerns: one of the medical professional, which should be heightened, and one in the public, which should actually be you know lower right now. And, and rest assured that once the medical and scientific community has more knowledge, and if there is a flag that needs to be raised, we will raise it and inform the public. But but until we you hear of that, I, I would you know advise the public to to to, to sort of n- not get uh, you know uh, paranoid with, with with what's going on. Any good place where the public can go find some information if they just want to quickly figure out what this is? Because I know I got a lot of questions in the last twenty four hours, and the big one was, what's monkeypox? <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, to be honest with you, a lot of people are asking that question, and even some of my medical colleagues are asking that. That's how rare this infection is. So yes, there are a few good sites, right? The World Health Organization has a very comprehensive uh, uh, set of documents because they actually have been leading the surveillance programs over the last several decades. There's also the CDC in the United States and the European CDC, obviously in Europe, uh, which actually have you know sort of bulletins that, that are very you know concise uh, and perhaps more digestible uh, to the public uh, who want to have general information and a possible what's going on uh, in their neck of the woods or across the world. 
Uh, Dr. Vin, thank you so much for your time tonight. Uh, very enlightening, very timely, and uh, best of luck with your research and, and, and treating these cases going forward. Thank you very much, Ben.